According to one study, the average person has about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. Isn't that crazy? 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. Um, And and this next part really concerns me. Of those thousands of thoughts, 80% were negative. 80% 80% were negative. Um, now, I've met some people, it's more like, you know, 99% of them are negative, right? We've all met that person. Some of you are that person, right? Um, 95% were exactly the same repetitive thoughts as the day before. Think about that, 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day, over three quarters of them focusing on something that's negative, and of those, those repeating daily and daily, and daily. It's, it's a terrifying statistic and, and number just to think about. Um, and, and I go through seasons where I can see just how true and how real this is, right? I remember being in, in my addiction and my brokenness. Um, I, I seldomly thought a positive thought, right, about my life, um, about me personally, about the things that I was going through. I know there's been seasons where my marriage has been more difficult um, than, than not. And, and in that, the, the negative thoughts about my spouse, my relationship, Um, those types of things begin to flood our minds, right? And and they begin to take us captive. They begin to hold on to us. Um, Tonight, tonight we're gonna continue our series, uh, Same God, New Me, and we're gonna be talking about a transformed mind because your mind is powerful. Yet, again, if you're most like, like most people, you spend probably very little time thinking about the way you think, right? We, We think about what's wrong, but we don't think about the thought ourselves, right? What, what does this lead to? We spend very little time thinking about the way we think. And tonight, I wanna talk about changing that, changing what we focus on, changing those thoughts, breaking the, the stereotypical numbers of, of you know, this 75 to 80% negative thoughts and, and moving towards something that's, that's positive, that's more Christ-centered. And so whether you like it or not, our our thoughts are shaped by the world we live in. That they're shaped by by culture. They're they're influenced by headlines. All the time on on social media is one of those things that that drags us down, right? We we find ourselves in comparison, trying to keep up with the Joneses, allowing those things to steal our joy. We focus on what we don't have, what we haven't accomplished, where where we haven't moved on from. And, and it begins to just impact our worldview. And as our worldview is impacted, our, our recovery is impacted, our relationship with God is impacted, and we have to begin to break away from these things and focus on something different. And so tonight, we're gonna be in Romans. Romans chapter 12 is where I want us to start. Um, and so Romans 12, starting in verse one, is where we're gonna be. Romans is a letter written by the apostle Paul. Um, Paul was a guy um, who, who hated Christians in the beginning, right? He was completely against what they called the way. He would go out and persecute them. Um, he would drag them out of their homes, lead them away in chains. Um, he was um, uh, an accomplice of sorts to a murder of a guy named Stephen at one point. Um, but later on, he went to do just tremendous things for the church, right, and growing the church. And so Romans is a letter that he wrote, and it's considered to be one of the greatest theological works ever. Um, If you really want to get an idea of what our faith is about, um, spend some time in Romans. Uh, It it will reveal so much, um, and it's... (laughs) It's one of those things, you'll have to read it a few times to really digest it, but Romans 12, verse one, it says this, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. 
Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And so I love that. Paul kind of lays this out. Let your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice to God because of what he's done for you. So what's that mean? Well, let's take my life, for instance. I was, I was a drug addict. I was a drunk. I was uh, physically and uh, verbally and mentally abusive to people, right? I was uh, manipulative. I was a thief. Um, I mean, I could spend the next hour and a half easily talking about all the bad things I was, right? Um, but, but what happened? I, well, I encountered a very real Jesus, right? The, the living God had an encounter with the spiritually dead me, and he caused me to come alive. And, and in that, right, that, that resurrection, that, that rebirth of my life and who I was, he broke the chains of those addictions, right? He, he, he made me new, a new creation, a new creature. He set me free. And in response to that, I, I, I serve him, right? I'm a, I'm a living and holy sacrifice. I'm willingly laying down everything I possibly can for him to serve him, to serve his purpose. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And then he goes on in verse two. And this is the important part because it's important because of this, each of us that would call ourselves Christians or Jesus followers, you have the same story I do. You may think the things that you did weren't as bad as me. You may think that, you know, your, your stuff didn't stink as bad. I got news for you, it did. It does, right? It, it's, it's the same. We're, we're all unworthy of God's grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. So we're all called to this because he, he's moved in our lives in the same way. If we call upon his name, right? If we declare him to be Lord, that, that's what it is. And he goes on in verse two and he says this, don't. Copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Don't buy into the nonsense uh, of pursuing creation over the creator, right? Don't buy into the nonsense that, that you're the most important person in the conversation in the room. Don't buy into the nonsense that, that leaders of this world, Lord, position over each other, right? Don't buy into the greed. Don't buy in, into the violence. Don't buy into the anger. Don't, don't buy into the self-indulgence. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. And don't miss this next part by changing the way you think. But you, I mean, I'll be honest. Take me back 15 years. That's not how I'm changing my circumstance, right? I want to win the lottery. I want to get the next promotion, right? Need the supermodel wife and the perfect children. And, and you know, that's, that's what we go after, right? Or maybe you're going after the husband that, you know, benches 450 pounds and, and is a, a linebacker, whatever it may be. And that's going to make you the new person, right? New haircut, get my nails did, you know, that kind of thing, Right? But, but God's word says something different. Don't, don't, don't fall for that nonsense. Don't buy into the lies. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. An entire shift in perspective where I say this doesn't matter. I pursued money to no end. It was my God. And when I surrendered to Christ, he said no more. No more. And allowed me to go to a place where I burned garbage in my backyard because I couldn't pay my trash bill. He crushed that God, that false idol that I had and said, this isn't important. He took it away. Changing our perspectives. Changing, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then, say then. Then only after he changes the way you think, right? It's, it's necessary. 
It's a necessary ingredient into what needs to take place. Um, for my kids' birthdays, we, we often let them make a, a dessert for their birthday. It's kind of a tradition. Um, we don't do anything extravagant, but they get to choose it and they make it um, with mom or, or, or whatever. And uh, one of my kids recently, he decided he was gonna make brownies. Um, and he left something out <clears throat> and baked the brownies. And so we ended up with this um, chocolate caramel goo, right? It was gross. It was gross. And um, we, we, we try to do faith without being wholly committed, right? And, and, and we, we're missing some ingredients here. And right here, it's this, right? Don't be conformed to the behaviors and customs of the world, but let God change the way you think. And we step into faith and we step into recovery and we try to hold on to old mindsets and it just comes out a, a steaming pile of goo, right? And, and, it, and it stinks more than our old life stank and it, it's corrupt and it's messed up and it's wrong because we're missing it. Then, then when we get this, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, say good. And pleasing, say pleasing. And perfect, say perfect. I don't know about you, but I want perfect in my life. And here's the problem, perfect doesn't look like I think it should look. It doesn't, it doesn't play out the way that I think it should play, but when I align my thoughts to God's thoughts and my will to God's will is so much better than I ever could have pictured or imagined. So, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Point number one tonight is this. A transformed mind is essential to experiencing God's will. If you want to walk this out, right? Same God, God doesn't change, but you want the, the new me, the new person. It's essential that we change the way that we think. And, and unfortunately, sometimes that means admitting fault, admitting that we're wrong, laying things down. We don't want to lay down. But a transformed mind is essential to experiencing God's will. And when we experience God's will, he changes everything about us. He loves you. I want you to know that. I don't stand up here to make you feel less than or, you know, to, to condemn you. Uh, but I hope God's word convicts you. And I hope it brings about a sorrow in your life that causes you to turn to him, not to run from him. And I want you to know that God does love you right now in your mess, your decisions, your sin, all of it right now. But I want you to know this. He loves you far too much to let you stay that way right? He, he wants to transform you and change you. Not because he doesn't care, but because he does. Again, point number one, a transformed mind is essential to God's will. If you guys would turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 as we begin to look at point number two. Um, 2 Corinthians is another letter by the apostle Paul. So um, if you guys didn't know this, a lot of our New Testament is actually letters that, that were written um, to different groups of believers. Um, and, and so right here, um, Paul, he wrote like two-thirds of our New Testament. And um, this is one of those letters, 2 Corinthians. It was written to the church in Corinth, um, starting um, chapter 10, verse 3. It says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. And, and so what Paul's doing is he's beginning to paint this picture, right? And um, I love it. You know, the last song, this is how we fight. This is how I fight my battles, right? Um, and 
what that's about is, is that change in perspective, right? And we have to have that transformed mind. Um, I know early on for me coming into faith, um, any, any conflict in my life, I wanted, to, I wanted to meet it with violence. Any of the men relate to that, right? You, you get saved and you still want to just beat the hell out of somebody. And God's like, you can't do that. You can't do that. That's not what we're about. I'm, I'm not about that life no more. Um, and, and it's even worse for me because I'll be honest with you, I'm really bad at fighting. And so I just got my butt whooped most of the time anyway. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Adam knows what I'm talking about, man. <sighs> Over there with his chicken legs and all that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, He's saying, hey, listen, even though we are human, we don't wage war as humans do. That, that's transformed thinking. Our mind has shifted, right? The perspective has shifted. And, and God has called us to something different. That's the picture he's beginning to paint here. He says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. He's saying, man, when you, when you have something in your life, our response shouldn't be worldly, right? Um, it, quite honestly, the first place we should start anything in our life is on our knees in prayer, right? Seeking, seeking God. And then from prayer to God's word, right? Begin to open it up. God, what do you have for me here? Um, it's totally different. Totally different, but, but one of the things that I like to that is, is this. We, we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And, and what I like about that is if you've ever tried to capture something, we, we were living out in Alloway and I wanted to, I've always been a redneck and country boy, but I didn't get to do all the redneck things. And I said, remember, we're living out there, uh, we're on 60 acres or something, way north of town. And I'm like, dude, I want to trap a raccoon, right? <laughs> Why not? You know, that just seemed like a fun thing to do. And so um, that's what I did. Um, but it, it was intentional, right? Um, I, I couldn't just put the trap anywhere. I couldn't bait it with just anything. Um, that it was, it was intentional, right? I, I was strategic in it. You know, I, I looked at game trails. I, I knew where they were moving in and out of for the water source that they were going to. I looked at tracks on the ground, right? And um, I did. And, and this is what I did. And you, and you know what I had the next morning after setting the trap out? Had a raccoon, right? Yeah, man, he's got that. He's all excited, man, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I love this, capture their rebellious thoughts. And so we, we all have things going through our minds. You know, when we come into faith, I, I, I wish I could say that, that I never had an unholy thought cross my mind, but I would be lying, right? And so we all have these things. I can't remember who said it. It's like planes kind of flying overhead, right? They're, they're there, um, but, but we can't let them make the descent and land. We have to, we have to deal with them and, and, and we have to be intentional about it. There's times that things cross my mind that I know are not from God and I have to be intentional about taking hold of them and, and dealing with them in a Christ-like manner, right? Maybe I've got to pray about it. Maybe I've got to go to God's word and, and seek truth about it. Maybe I've got to cast it away <laughs> as, as fast as I can. But we capture those thoughts. We're intentional about it. We, we don't let them fly around. We don't let them come on, on descent. And, and we definitely don't allow them to land and to take root and to take hold in our lives. And, and so point number two is this. We must recognize that the mind is a battlefield, 
right? We don't, we don't wage war as humans do. And, and when we deal with thoughts that this up here, this up here is a battlefield. There, there's a war going on. It, it's a spiritual war. It, it's, it's intense. And, and the consequences of it are eternal. It, it's nothing to mess around with. And, and we go through life and rather than capturing rebellious thoughts, we take them out and we play with them. Yeah, you know, that's, it can't be too bad, right? It, it's, it's only bad if I act on it. Anybody ever convinced themselves of that nonsense? I mean, I know I have, right? It's, it's, only, it's only a bad thing if I begin to move forward, but that's not at all what God's word reveals to us. And, and we can't have that type of approach because we have to, we have to realize that this is war, and, and the way we fight our battles is by capturing those thoughts, attacking those thoughts, killing those thoughts, get, getting rid of them, taking control of our mind because our mind leads to, to action. And so again, point number two is this. We must recognize that the mind is a battlefield. First Peter 1.13 says this, so prepare your minds for action. Say action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the grace of salvation that will come to you when Christ Jesus is revealed to the world. That, that when we begin to realize the stakes and we begin to realize the way that God has called us to push back, we, we prepare our minds for action. And one of the ways that, that I do this personally is, is I try to spend as much time in God's word as possible, right? I try to reflect um, I, I try to study so that, that I have scripture right, planted in my heart, in my mind, so, so that I know, so that I know what God's will would be, right? Let God transform the way you think, right? So, so you can experience God's will. And, and part of that is preparing our mind for action, realizing that this is a battle. And if you're not spending time in your word, you're missing it. You're ill-equipped. You're going out there without a weapon to fight with. And so again, point number two is we must recognize that the mind is a battlefield. If you guys would turn with me to Ephesians 4, chapter 17, as we begin to close. Uh, Ephesians is another letter written by the Apostle Paul, big surprise, right? Um, written to the church of Ephesus. Um, Ephesians 4, verse 17, um, it says this, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do. I want to pause. Gentile might be a word you're unfamiliar with. Um, so here, the Gentiles were everyone who did not believe in God, right? You had like the, the Jewish nation uh, and here, you know, these, he's writing this to believers. So it's like anyone who, who wasn't in that category, right? The pagans um, live no longer as the Gentiles do for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against them. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. And I just want to point out a couple things, right? The, their mind, right? The mind is full of darkness. They've closed their minds and hardened their hearts. That, that so much of this even reveals that the, the battle that the Gentiles were going through, part of the problem was that, that, that they didn't know God and they didn't know God because they, they closed their mind off to, to the reality that was presented to them, right? We, we can look at creation and, and see God's handiwork 
And it reveals not only the nature of God, but the presence of a loving creator, unless we close our minds to it, right? And, and so they've done this, and it continues. And it says, but that isn't what you've learned about Christ. Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes with him, throw off, say throw off. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, say instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So Peter's picture is like, hey, don't live as the Gentiles do, right? Don't, don't, don't live as those who, who seek to indulge the, the pleasures of the flesh. Maybe don't live as, you know, your old buddies going to the bar, right, and, and getting drunk or going to the, the trap house and, and smoking or shooting dope. Or maybe we got to begin to break away from those stereotypes or, or maybe it's not even that severe. Maybe it's, hey, don't indulge in the behavior at work with the guy who, you know, cusses too much or maybe follows women on Instagram he shouldn't follow or talks about men that they see, you know, whatever it may be. Don't, don't live as they do. Instead, throw off your old sinful nature, Throw off your old sinful nature. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature to be created like God, truly righteous and holy. The point number three is this. Success comes through the leading of the Holy Spirit. That we have to let God lead our thought lives. We have to let God lead up here. Surrender Surrender this to him in every aspect, in every way. We need to guard it, right? I, I, I'm, I'm mindful of what I watch on, on TV. I'm mindful of music I listen to. I'm mindful of, of people that I spend too much time with. I'm mindful of those moments that, that I begin to drift back into old behaviors or attitudes, and, and I, I let God lead. And, and if I'm doing it right, every thought will be centered on his truth. Every action will be motivated by those thoughts. And, and that leads to something far greater than I could ever achieve on my own, right? I, I know, I know what me in charge gets me. Nobody likes that guy. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy. And you've probably walked out something similar. You know what you in charge of your marriage does. The way that that person treats their spouse. You know of what you in charge of your family does to your kids. The way that you yell at them, snap at them, talk to them, treat them. You know what you in charge of your recovery looks like. Making excuses, right, for a little weekend party or whatever it may be. You know. So if we want success... If we want success in our lives, if we want success in our recovery, we have to allow God to transform the way we think, right? We have to realize that our mind is a battlefield and we gotta let him lead, lead the charge in every way. Romans 8, 5 says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Let God lead. Surrender, submit, 
I'm gonna tell you from experience, changes everything, changes everything. When we follow Jesus, he changes the way we think. When we change the way we think, we change the outcome of every, every action in our lives. I want us to do this, just right where you're at, if you would. If you would close your eyes, I want you to just begin to spend a moment with God. And as you do, I want you to, I want you to think about, this is Psalms 139, 23 through 24. It says this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. This is something I pray on a regular basis. And I want to encourage you right now to just spend that moment with God. Seek him, ask him, Lord, point out anything in my life. Point out every anxious thought, anything, Lord, that displeases you. Ask him to reveal whatever it may be. Father God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that, that we're able to come before you. Lord, that, that you're not indifferent to where we're at. You're not indifferent to our struggles. God, that you're, you're not indifferent to anything about us. And Father, I pray over each of us, Lord, as, as we come together Point out, God, those things in our lives, those thoughts, Lord, that displease you. Thoughts that are selfish, self-centered, self-indulging. Whatever is sinful and unholy, Lord, point those out. And Lord, as you point them out, God, I love that next part. Lead me along a path of everlasting life. Lord, I pray that as you point those things out in our lives, Lord, that we would have the courage to join you in dealing with them and that we would have the courage, Father, to follow you along the path of everlasting life. I thank you, Father, for, for each individual in here. God, I thank you for this moment of surrender in their lives. And I pray, Lord, that you'll continue this work that you started tonight. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen and amen. Well, so lastly, you know, what's the application? Uh, we're not here just to be hearers of the word. We're here to be doers of the word. And so we've got some action steps for you tonight. Number one, ask the Lord to guard and direct your mind. Ask him to guard and direct your mind. Number two, recognize the source of self-focused and self-defeating thoughts. The enemy is a liar. The enemy's a liar. Recognize the source of those things that, that are not of God. Number three, replace self-focused thinking with a God-focused mindset. Make him center it all. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead in your life. And number four, rest in the truth that you were accepted in Jesus Christ. He, he loves you. He loves you now in this moment. He's not waiting for you to be perfect. But know this, he loves you far too much to leave you right where you're at. And so all of this, everything that we talk about here at Recovery, especially tonight, 
it starts with Jesus, right? It's same God, new me, and the new me doesn't come without surrender to him. And so tonight, as we close, if you're in here and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, that's where you realize that, that you can't save yourself. You believe that Jesus was the son of God and that he can, right? That he died so that you could be forgiven. And lastly, you're willing and ready to make him Lord of your life. If you're ready to do that, here in just a moment, we're gonna close service. We're gonna have some people down front. They would love to pray with you and for you so you can come into that relationship with him tonight. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And it's necessary for us to be free of our past. There's no other path forward. Jesus is the only way. Number two, maybe you're in here and you've done that before, but you've gotten off track. You, you drifted over time. You went back to old love lifestyles and, and the old ways. And, and you want to know, can I, can I recommit? Like, can I get a second chance? Heck yeah, you can. We serve a God of second chances, third chances, whatever you need. And so if you're in here tonight and you want to recommit, same offer applies to you. Here in just a moment, we're going to have some people down front. They would love to pray with you and for you. And so as we close here in just a moment, step out of your seat. You come down here and pray with them. And maybe you're in here and God's just been dealing with something. Maybe it is a thought, right? You realize that that is not from God and you're ready to deal with it. Maybe you dealt with it in prayer, but you just want a reminder, we've got some white chips down here. And I wanna encourage you when we close to come down front and, and pick up one of these chips. There's nothing special about them. It's a piece of plastic, but there's something significant about those moments that we act out in faith. And we realize that when we stand up and when we come down here, that, that we're acting in that faith, God moves. And then lastly, maybe you just need prayer for something. This is a house of prayer. And you just wanna know, will, will somebody join me tonight and praying with me over our, my situation? Absolutely. So for any of those things tonight, to ask Jesus into your life for the first time, to recommit, to pick up a white chip, or just to receive prayer, I want to encourage you to step out of your seat and come down front. And if everybody would, if you'd stand to your feet as we close in worship.